0: Heck thong Earthlets! My name is Conrad, and welcome to another in our series of Space Spinner 2000 collected episodes. Our goal with these is to collect our coverage of top 2000 AD thrills and storylines in one place, so you can easily listen to them in one go. They're a great ac- accompaniment to reading the AD collections that Rebellion publishes, or just to hear us talk about the good stuff without being interrupted by the other stuff. No surrender! From our last collection and return to Armageddon, let's stay in mid-1981 and learn more about Britain's future and Johnny Alpha's past in the classic story, Portrait of a Mutant. Starting in Prague 200 and running until Prague 221 from February to July of 1981, Portrait of a Mutant tells the story of Johnny Alpha's youth, fills in a lot of new characters, and outlines one of the most important villains in the world of Strontium Dog, Johnny's father, Nelson Bunker Creelman. The importance of this story in the annals of Strontium Dog and 2000 AD really can't be overstated. The creative team for this classic Strontium Dog tale is Alan Grant as writer, possibly with some help from John Wagner as their writing partnership was just getting started at this point, and with art from the master Carlos Escara and lettering from Jack Potter. You can find it reprinted by Rebellion in the Portrait of a Mutant graphic novel or as part of the Strontium Dog SD Agency File Volume 2. You can find those on the Rebellion web shop or your preferred bookseller. T- seller. So, we last talked about Strontium Dog in our ninth collection when we covered the Journey to Hell storyline. We're now 81 progs in the future, and Johnny and Wolf have been working steadily. They've time-traveled to collect a bounty on Hitler, won millions for Milton Keynes in space poker, and fought evil, man-eating space baboons like Bad Bob. Now, it's finally time to learn more about Johnny Alpha himself. It's an interesting thing because I've always found the backstory of Johnny to be super interesting. In fact, way more interesting than that of other two thousand and eighty characters like Judge Dredd, for instance. It's easy to assume that Dredd was just sort of popped out of his clone tube and then sent to the academy and ready to go. But Johnny's world's full of questions. What's with the mutants? Where do they come from? Why does everybody hate them? Why are they now mostly employed as space bounty hunters? What was a young Johnny Alpha life like? And for almost 20 issues, Grant and Ascara endeavor to come up with some answers to these questions and results in an exciting and extremely powerful story with some very interesting takes on how the government deals with oppressed groups, among other things. I've definitely got a lot to say about it, but we should probably wait until after we've finished with the story. Let's get to the comics! <laughs>
1: Episode 61. Progs 198-201. to 201. February
0: 1981. Thrill 6. Strontium Dog. Oh, fuck. Yes. Yes, buddy. Yes, indeed. So, script robots Alan Grant, art robot Carlos Vizcara, learning robot Steve Potter, Johnny and Wolf, back at it again in Prog 200. Fuck yeah, dude. This, oh my god, I love these two. Absolutely. This time, they're taking down pro-killer Go-Go Gobber and his goons. <laughs> our, uh, our boys make quick work of them. They hit the goons with a time bomb, warping them several hours into the, pa- the future. Finally! Several days into the future, where the planet has moved on, so they're just sort of frozen to death in deep space. So awesome. And they arrest Gobber, though the norms, of course, are quick to say that they still hate mutants, because goddamn these norms, basically. Um, on the uh, on the on the spaceship ride home, the boys, along with the Gronk, are looking for a new contract for for a new target. And Johnny stops at the name Nelson B. Creelman. A small bounty, but Johnny wants it bad. Oh they arrive God. on the planet Sta- uh, Stavros and learn the Creelman is hiding out in a bad la- in the badlands with his own army of goons
2: there's an egg man
0: on the way they're stopped by another strontium dog egghead who claims oh, the bounty god i love it johnny disagrees and after egghead throws the first punch johnny proceeds to kick the yolk out of him like
2: it really just beats the shit out of him until his head actually cracks
0: <laughs> that's pretty awesome i wonder if that, like hopefully that's not a permanent injury for that guy he can recover yeah uh, Johnny and Wolf. I was a
2: tough egg, but ah, Johnny Alpha's hard boiled.
0: Oh, man. The, okay, Eggheads canonically talks like Don Knotts now. That's just how it goes. <laughs> um, Johnny and Wolf head out, and Wolf asks, What has Johnny so fired up about all this? The answer is Nelson B. Creelman is Johnny Alpha's father. Oh, my God. So awesome. Portrait of a Mutant has begun.
2: This is like a thing, huh? This is
0: like the one of the greatest uh, Johnny Alpha stories right here, buddy. It's going to be with us for quite a few weeks. Fast. In his fortress, aboard Nelson B. Creelman, like playing the house of cards and stuff, uh, learns that Johnny's after him and freaks out. Meanwhile, Johnny begins telling his life story to Wolf as they speed to Creelman's base on awesome hover bikes. <sighs> The year is 2150. There's, it, There's been the Great War. Nukes and radiation everywhere. It's mutating everyone. Most cities in England have been completely destroyed. 70% of the population killed. In... The silly islands, which are off the coast of Cornwall, and I had to look up to see if they actually existed. Um, the pregnant Diana Creelman with her one-year-old daughter Ruth is determined that her child not be born in an evacuation camp, but on mainland England. She braves strontium showers and arrives on and lands on Plymouth and slowly makes her way to Salisbury, first by car and then on foot after being attacked by raiders. God. Creelman sends his men out to find them, and they do. Diana gives birth to a son, John. But look at his eyes. He's a mutant. Oh, my
2: God. This isn't my baby,
0: probably. Next episode, the boy in the alpha mask. Well, no, it's not that it's not actually his son. It's just that, no, you know, she was no, in this.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I meant it. more of, like, a, I'm not going to love this baby. Sure. Is what no. I imagined. Okay. Okay.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm with you now. Yeah. It's awesome. One thing that I'll tell you right now, Fox, because it happened, it happens 40, like, like 37 years later is that there was actually a, a recent story in the Judge Dredd magazine where, um, Judge Dredd, like, stuff happens and Judge Dredd deals with a bunch of uh, punk kids from, from Britsit. And one of them was in fact like twenty-year-old Nelson Creelman, and I saw that, and I was like, "Ooh!"
2: <laughs> <laughs> His mother is beautiful, by the way. Yeah,
0: she's. I mean, she definitely has a very like Angelina from from uh, Stainless Steel Rat kind of look. But love her hair. Yeah, I love the way. Yeah, it's it's all this stuff is just great as as Kara as- artwork, um, setting this thing up. Yeah, both um like. His mom, their are awesome hover bikes. Everything just looks so neat, and oh man, I'm so excited for this. Oh, again, fans uh, or or uh, people who know what's coming. We're still a couple weeks away from um, certain Scottish um, mutants from showing fr- from joining the resistance, but oh man, like all start getting hyped up. <laughs> all right. Generally, though, like the uh, an interesting thing to know is that this thing 2150 is about 11 years from where the timeline currently is in Judge Dredd. Mm -hmm. And so something to keep an eye out as we ourselves move through time. Like, you know. It's very interesting. Of just, like, something to keep in mind that there's this sort of hard, like, hey, there's going to be a nuclear war that's going to kill everyone in 2050. And you just have to wonder how much, you know, 11 years from then. You know, I mean, obviously, in 1980, it's like, who cares? That's way in the future, you know. But... (laughs) But it's coming up. I mean, in 2017, once the comic's been going for 50 years, having to recognize that there's that you've got some hard events, that some events that absolutely have to happen in 2028, you know, becomes I mean, more more reasonable setup, to think about. You know, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah.
1: Episode 62, Progs 202 to 205, March
0: 1981. Thrill One Strontium Dog. <laughs> uh, script Scriptro, Restaurant Team Dogs, Alan Grant Art Robots, Carlos Escara, Lettering Robot, Steve Potter And Tony Jacob
2: Aw, jeez Ever really not liked your dad? Well, here's the revenge comic for you
0: Oh, man, Nelson Creeler's a real bad dad, guys <laughs>
2: <laughs> He's not the kind of dad you want to hang out with
0: No so, Johnny Alpha continues his life story as they go to his father's bunker, as, uh, we see Nelson Bunker Creelman reacting to his son being born a mutant. Creelman is a stridently mutant, or a stridently anti-mutant politician, so surely, like, his son's affliction will soften his attitude and make him rethink his position, right, Fox? Oh, hell no. No, He
2: straight up forces that child to wear goggles from babydom.
0: Yeah, he puts baby goggles on on young John Creelman and says, basically, you got to wear these protective goggles all your life. Your eyes are super sensitive, and if you look at light, bright light directly, it could kill you. Uh,
2: a total liar, because they emit alpha radiation waves.
0: Mm-hmm. Creelman basically just takes breaks from slapping Johnny around to enact legislation to keep mutants from getting work and overseeing the public execution of mutant rebels.
2: And I'm not saying that it's the giant hate rally. And I'm not saying that it's, like, the arm patches and the black suits that everyone's wearing. And I'm not saying it's because he's at a pulpit and just, like, shaking his fist and saying, like, I'm definitely a Hitler. (laughs) It's the fact that if if you look just one down, like... Did you really have to give the first mutant out the door a big nose?
0: Jesus. Come on, guys. Okay. It up. <laughs> Anyhow, as this goes on, uh, eventually some bullies at school and from my reading of just comic books and like stuff written by English people, I feel like English schools are ninety five percent bullies and five percent nerds who go on to write books about being bullied in English schools. But the, so they 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 That's knock his goggles there. off. <laughs> And they reveal Johnny's eyes. His mutant secret is revealed.
2: Oh, my God. He's weird and crazy and punching us.
0: Yeah. So after his father beats him to within an inch of his life, uh Johnny, young Johnny uses his eye beams on his father, and Creelman has Johnny confined to the attic of their future, futuristic house, never to leave again.
2: Definitely not an overreaction, but sure.
0: Mm. However, Johnny is able to use his alpha vision to see inside the lock of the door and eventually pick it and escape. He.
2: That was kind of like an awesome sequence. He's just being fed this like garbage food, and all he does is sit and stare at the lock all yeah, day.
0: Synth beef stew. Yeah, he sort of you know has a good uh, learning to use his power montage in this attic prison. Super sweet. <laughs> Um, on his way out he uh, he learns the truth about everything by reading his mother his mother's mind and he heads to the countryside stopping only to say goodbye to his sister Ruth Johnny it actually
2: like says yeah. see you later and stay alive basically. yeah she and seems
0: me. she seems pretty nice honestly like for so someone... she
2: come back spoil it
0: uh, let's get you know we'll, we'll get to it it's cool um <laughs> Fuck. Johnny makes his way north to some standing stones on the plains of Salisbury where he's stopped by some members of the mutant army who asks his name and he gives a new one Johnny Alpha
2: I mean, what happens when you give the, a teenager a chance to like name himself? Oh, that definitely! Be awesome. Yeah.
0: So Johnny Alpha, he's brought into the camp of the mutant army and immediately proves his worth with his X-ray vision and mind-reading abilities, earning the trust of General Arms, the rebels' four-armed leader.
2: <laughs> so awesome!
0: Arms Super with the nice guy. Yeah, he's got a mustache. It's good times. <laughs> With When fellow Rebels, the Weird Brothers, who, Fox, you'll remember from the uh, the Journey to Hell Strontium Dog story, yeah. remember? Like, they didn't seem to know each other, or they, they, they knew each other a little bit, but they didn't seem to be, like, former uh, revolutionary comrades, which is kind of interesting. But, so they bring in... <laughs> A creeler, which is a member of Johnny's dad's anti-mutant police force. Johnny reads the creeler's mind to learn about a food convoy coming in soon, and the mutant, co- and the mutant army resolves to raid it. The Damn. mutants are woefully underarmed. However, they have these stick bomb grenades that have a limited effect on this tanketto, which is like a mini tank guarding the convoy. Johnny provides covering fire as arms goes in to take the vehicle down, but a creeler appears behind him about to shoot him in the back. Luckily, the keen-eyed young Johnny Alpha is there to instead shoot the Creeler and save the general who blows up the tanketto. And he, survives. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, sorry, I should say that too. Yeah, <laughs> he's unharmed.
2: Well, because I because I was not sure. I was like, wait. <laughs>
0: Like, well, you know, he's got to—he's got to prove his worth now, so then he can die dramatically later. I'd assume. Uh, yeah,
2: surrogate <laughs> dad figure.
0: Yeah, the surviving Creelers are stripped and sent running, and the army drives their liberated food trucks into Trench Town, the mutant slum outside of Salisbury, where the jobless mutants are forced to live.
2: Uh, and then set up a cool food truck uh, establishment yeah. for all of your yuppie friends to go
0: to. Oh, no, it's been mutant ne- the mutant neighborhoods being gentrified by norms. <laughs> oh, jeez! every time. Uh, yeah, the mutant army oh, distributes God. food and clears out. And Johnny is now fully part of the resistance, at least until a couple of his father's goons show up looking for the missing John Creelman. Next episode, The Odd Couple. And that's A-W-E-D.
2: This, uh, this was awesome.
0: Yeah, man, cool. They got some future war in my future bounty hunting, which I appreciate, you know? Big... Commando or big, uh, yeah, commando raid on this convoy. Johnny, sort of, you know, young Johnny, proving himself and working his way up the ranks and stuff. Very exciting.
2: Well, and like, just because I love to point this out, we're still in the same basic story of where they started when they got like a jillion dollars on that party boat. Yeah, (laughs) right. Like this is just them taking their next bounty because now they're poor. And we're getting this awesome, massive backstory for Johnny, which yeah. he's never told his closest friends, luckily for us.
0: Yeah, no, it's definitely, you know, he plays, as, he, he plays pretty close to the vest, so this is a chance for him to open up. And yeah, we learn a little bit more about Johnny and sort of the world that the strong team Dogs appear in. We kind of know there's mutants and people don't like them and stuff, but this is a good backstory just in sort of, you know, how this world came to be and what's going on with it. Yeah, it's neat.
2: Absolutely. It's freaking fascinating and beautiful. Ugh.
0: Totally, yeah. This, uh, this portrait of, the, of, of a mutant storyline, it's going to take a break a little bit pretty soon, but mostly it's going to be with us sort of through the, through the summer of 1981. It's sort of the like uh, in, in his book, Steve McMahon has sort of described this one as the spine story of, uh, of 1981, sort of like uh, the Cursed Earth or ABC Warriors or uh, the Judge Child has been in previous years.
1: Holy crap.
0: Of just sort of That's this long one running mean thing. look, we're gonna man, I love this portion of mutant story, it's gonna be real good.
1: Episode 63, progs 206 to 209, April
0: 1981. Thrill One, Strontium Dog.
2: Man, this, this one comic thing is bullshit, it's true, <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, so. Strontium Dog this month, uh, Script Robots, Alan Grant, Art Robots, Carlos Ascara, Larry Robots, Steve Potter. Just one Strontium Dog this month, and that's a bummer. Mm-hmm. But so, Especially
2: because it's awesome.
0: Yeah. So, uh, in the credits card for this one, Ascaras uh, and Potter's names are reversed, which seems to be uh, just a, a, a typo. <laughs> and just to say that, yes, we can see spot typos in these things every once in a while. They don't all fly <laughs> over our heads. Um... <laughs> so, it's it's Portrait of a Mutant Part 7, it's 2162, and Johnny Alpha is a rising star in the mutant army, but a couple of his father's goons have come looking for him. Uh, so, not- I
2: guess, what do you do with your Alpha brainwave eyes?
0: <laughs> well, not afraid to let people know that he's Nelson Creelman's son, Johnny instead uses his mental powers to completely brainwashing them, leaving them completely gibbering insane.
2: Well, I guess let's get rid of these weirdos. Also, you're now, like, my surrogate son. Yeah,
0: I'm gonna kick you out. Be your father figure. <laughs>
2: Dude, he really, uh, gives Johnny a hand at learning a new set of military skills.
0: Ah, uh, cause he's general arms and he's got four hands? Ah! Get it?
2: I did it. I did it a joke.
1: <laughs>
0: so, um... Well, but Creelman assumes that his son is dead. Much the sadness of his wife, Johnny's mom, who appears to be in an iron lung of some kind.
2: (laughs) Yeah, she's like laying in bed crying, and he's like drinking fucking alcohol. Like fuck, yeah, he's dead, bitch.
0: That's how it goes. Gonna live it up. (laughs) Yeah. So now it's time for a montage. Fox gonna have a (laughs) montage. Even Strontium Dog has a montage. uh, With. It's it's both uh, Johnny growing up and becoming an awesome mutant warrior, and by the age of 14, General Arms is second in command, and also of his dad, Nelson Creelman, rising through the political ranks, eventually becoming the minister for mutation.
2: Oh my god, that sounds, like, I guess, important.
0: It uh, sounds important and pretty bad, because he starts herding all the mutants into, uh, into uh, labor camps, basically. Which is real yeah, bad.
2: It's, it's definitely a holiday camp, right? Like, oh, okay. Where you go and have fun.
0: Yeah, it's a holiday camp, like the holiday camp in a District Nine or whatever, right?
2: You you know it's bad when like the far shot of one of these camps, it looks like just a castle on a hill, like mm-hmm. Castlevania or like Vladimir Impaler style, like <laughs> massive amounts of like crucifixes everywhere. Yeah, just it's
0: just surrounded by gravestones. <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible. So, we end up with a so we end uh, this prog at a grand meeting of the mutant armies from all over uh, uh New Britain in the ruins of New Coventry Cathedral. Arms and Johnny are there and the words on everyone's lips is singular: war. Johnny's story continues in prog 210, Screw You, rest of this episode. <laughs> Peace yeah, out! I mean, fuck. <laughs>
2: like, I was getting all excited because they had a freaks moot. Yeah. And are about to, like, make war on all of the normal people. Uh, with all awesome the best. Superpowers.
0: <laughs> All the best mutants are at this Freak's moot, too. Um, my favorite mutant, the torso from Newcastle. Um, <laughs> the the be- One of the best Strontium Dog supporting characters, Midden Face McNulty, is there. All
2: but right. Enough awesome. of this.
0: Yeah, just a just a son of, of, of Strontium Dog and a mousse-bouche of mutant <laughs> warfare to get us ready for next what episode. <laughs> a taster. There we go, now
2: you're speaking my American language. That's
0: right, yeah, watch too much top chef.
1: Episode sixty four Progs two hundred and ten to two hundred and fourteen. May nineteen eighty one. Thrill
0: one strontium dog oh my God. So get it because because
2: the T stands for time.
0: It totally so, does. That's so stupid. So, it's 2165, and mutants are being led into forced labor camps. In response, the mutant armies from around the UK are massing. General Arms proposes all-out war against the normals. Oh, I should mention, sorry, Fox.
2: Oh, (laughs) Uh, go for it, man.
0: Script robot for Strontium Dogs, Alan Grant, Art Robots, Carlos Vescarra, letter Robot, Steve Potter. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, um, (laughs) the other mutant generals... Uh, in response to this proposal, th- th- that include uh, the two-headed Alexander Brothers from the Highlands, Studs Boyce from the Midlands, Evans the Fist from Wales, the uh, Clacton Fuzz from south from the Southeast, and Biddenface, by God, McNulty from Scotland. Oh, and also, my favorite, the Torso from motherfucking Newcastle. They all vote for war. <laughs> It's so awesome, so
1: each one of them is so comical,
0: but I love
2: the torso because there's a dude who just speaks for him who just knows what he's saying. Yeah.
0: For reasons. <laughs> just, just through a combination of, I feel like, psychic blasts and uh, hand signs or something. Yeah, man. No doubt. Torso is just a big lump of flesh with an eye on the top. Man, I love him. <laughs> so awesome. So, basically, everybody votes for war, it's time to plan, supplies are raided from all over England, while uh, Johnny Alpha is given a special task for when the assault starts, he's gonna lead an assassination squad against the the mutations minister, Nelson Creelman, his own father! Bro, it's a full-on wog. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) man. As they prepare, uh, Creelman sees sees reports about all these activities and starts getting nervous. He tells his goons to prepare the T-weapons.
2: In other words, like, hey, like, crush the boot a little more against the trachea because that'll definitely help.
0: Right, and you know, an assault's coming so, like, make sure that our most awesome future weapons are available. (laughs) Of course. So, on Friday the 13th, 2167, <gasps> which from a calendar app I have, I, that's either February, March, or November of, 19, of uh,
1: 2167.
0: <laughs> the, oh, the damn. Mu- <laughs> the mutant armies mass around the center of the future British government, the floating Upminster Palace.
2: Which is like huge and terrifying and amazing. Yeah. Great job, Ascara. Yeah, it's a
0: giant, just full-page shot of this of this huge floating edifice, and our boys are going to take it down. Also, here we get a, just sort of some of the names of the different mutant armies, uh, like the mm. torso leads the uh, Tyne and Weirdies, which I believe is a reference to the county of Tyne and Ware in England, okay. like where where Newcastle is. <laughs> Anyhow, the assault begins awesomely, just like it starts very, like, coolly with this survey of pre-dawn upminster, checking in on, like, troops, on the king, on parliament, and on Creelman himself. I, th- I think it's really nice. It's really, like, lo- like, well-written and kind of sets the mood for this, uh you know, for this peaceful kind of castle thing. But that's then broken by the mutant army! Fight dirty!
2: Well, it's, it's got this whole setup of just like, here is what we're about to do. And right as you go into part nine, it's like, here's the king who's, who's being a total baby and staying in bed. Here's the parliament who's, who's like dicking around and just talking about. Dumb mm-hmm. Parliament shit, <laughs> and then and then here's Creelman like torturing uh, a mutant. And yeah. next page, oh yeah, everyone's just shooting the fuck out of this. Page.
0: Yeah, the all the mutant armies on jetpacks, they're just strafing around, but not without difficulty. Generals Jack and Tom Alexander are among the few mutants, the first mutants to go. Those poor two headed Highlanders. The but
2: they go out shooting.
0: Oh yeah, the Clapton fuzz disables the laser grid, and Middenface leads an assault on the barracks. Meanwhile, Evans the Fist grabs the king. He says, "Like you are King Clarky, and I claim my five creds," which is a joke I don't no. quite get. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's like one of the many weird things that happens in this series. I'm like, well, I, don't know. I feel like it's a reference
0: to something. I, I, I mean, it it obviously is, I guess. Um, and then the torso from By God Newcastle leads an assault on Parliament. Things are going great until Creelman shows up with those new tea weapons. His goons open fire, and each shot completely destroys the mutant that hit the mutant that hit that's hit by it. What's going on?
2: Yeah, it's super horrific. Like they just. Part of their bodies just vanishes. Yeah.
0: You completely phase out. Yeah, the T weapons yeah. are stopping the assault. One hit seems to vaporize you. To break through their lines, one heroic mutant, the crab headed crab tree, makes Dude, yeah? a suicide run on the creelers, blowing them away. The mutants storm in. Oh no, it's the torso from Newcastle! <laughs> and
2: everybody gets all fucked up. And then there's like this two thirds shot of just like Fire and burning and faces and smacking and shooting.
0: It's great. As the assault on Upminster plays out around the country, the mutant army mobilizes, storming out of the the labor camps, killing Creelers, burning and destroying all over the country. The nation's rising up as the mutants draw ever closer to Creoman's office. It's super awesome, yeah.
2: But then, like, one of the most devastating fucking things happened. I I was... Really sad about. This.
0: Yeah, along the yeah. General Arms, Johnny Alpha's mentor, comes under fire, and he takes a hit. He dies in Johnny's arms as a duck faced mutant before, Slayer looks on.
2: Yeah, but not before saying like, "Listen, kid, like we got him on the run, and you need to press the advantage." Like, I know you're Creelman's son, and he's like, "How did you you knew?" And he's like, "Dude, like, of course I knew, but that's not what this is about. Like, you're a fucking mutant." You're one of us. You can goddamn do this. I believe in you. And it's like, the daddy never had, man.
0: It's so awesome. Yeah. Johnny Alpha gets up, dries his tears, hefts his his blaster, and starts shooting. I'm coming for you, Creole man. It's so cool.
2: Damn, man. And, like, damned if he's not fucking super serious about it, because he is going through this stupid thing just like, murdering people with his bros.
0: Mm -hmm. Johnny and his troops blast their way to Creelman. Johnny uses his alpha vision to scout the path, basically. The mutants are taking losses, but they're also gaining some of those new T-weapons, which work on norms as easily as mutants. Oh hell yeah. yeah! We're gonna blast your ass to the past, bitch! Mm-hmm. It looks like Creelman is cornered. Studs voice controls the operations center, so he can't radio for help. And Johnny's getting ever closer, even as his comrades die around them, or around him.
2: It's fucking sucks, man. Because Blockhead's
0: dope. Yeah, all these dope mutants are dying, dude. It's real sad. In the end, it's a showdown between just Johnny and his father, Nelson Creelman. They recognize each other. They have kind of your standard, like, sort of hero-villain showdown exchange. Like, take the shot. You don't have the guts. Like, I'm going to kill you for all the mutants you've harmed and stuff. But then Creelman triggers a device and teleports away.
2: The very first time grenade...
0: Hmm. Creelman escapes and Johnny's forced to give the bad news so uh, yeah so this is where like Fox has been alluding to that this is where we, we learn that this is the introduction of all those time weapons we love so much in Strontium Dog the guns you know they warp the target several minutes into the past and into deep space while Cre- Creelman has used a time bomb that sort of sends him back like a second and just sort of smashes him into a nearby base just because that's where the earth has moved to and stuff which I think is a really neat way to teleport
2: Mm, yeah, it's big time.
0: Um, I think it's interesting if they if you're teleporting someone into the past, like just or no, I don't know. I'm trying I'm, I'm I'm trying to think of, of what's cooler. If you're in the past, or you're like behind where the Earth is, or like <sighs> if actually no, if 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 you teleport someone who's standing where they are into the past, and that means that they're ahead of the Earth, which means that in fact their bodies would probably smash into the Earth and like burn up on reentry or something like that. So that's even cooler. Nice. <laughs>
2: exactly like it it's not like the science that makes sense it's just like it just opens up a
0: room. lot of badass complications
2: <laughs> yeah exactly like it I don't know it's fucking awesome so you it's like he arrives at this base and these guys are like whoa it's it's you you're here and they're like what do we do and he immediately is like Did you use those time, time weapons, weapons
0: dummy like <laughs>
2: Why wouldn't they be using the time weapon? I
0: don't know. But they're cool, yeah, because also they like wa- like you can't like hide from them because they'll like warp like the uh like the cover you're hiding behind too and stuff oh, like yeah, that. Yeah, that. that's right. So they they're really good. Yeah. Like they they'll take you and the wall you're hiding behind. So yeah, so basically the base that Creomans warped to manages to fight back against the mutants and kind of get them on the run, even as the mutant generals in Upminster uh celebrate their victory. As word of Creelman's success gets the gets that gets to them, the joyous celebration is tempered, and that goddamn Duck Bill Higgs reveals the truth that Johnny Alpha is Creelman's son, and he accuses him of letting the evil minister get away.
2: Son of a bitch! Yeah.
0: Next episode: Snecpectations.
2: Yeah, which was like a, a swear word they used a lot in in this. They they kept saying like snack something or other. Yeah, that's a good anyway. Good future cussing. <laughs> Dogs is fucking amazing
0: so good man this assault on upminster and stuff just the introduction of all these sweet mutants like you know even when they die they all die heroically and stuff this is just an awesome like month of comics just in terms of like the action and the emotion behind that action and just everything everything about it's so freaking good <laughs>
2: if, if this is what taking a break from one of their main storylines mm-hmm. means for like uh, where that progresses and and what the story is going to look like and and how it's going to be drawn because Ascara is doing fucking amazing work right now, mm-hmm. um, and you can kind of see where where comics have have drawn inspiration from from this. It's it's really beautiful yeah. and eclectic, like take more time off. I I mean, I don't care. Like if, if, if this is what you do, I don't need a thing a week. You could just fill that with like weird, awkward future shocks and shit, right? Like this was so, so goddamn good. Yeah. Um, and I'll compare it to some stuff that just hasn't stopped and Mm -hmm. was good. And I feel like that's, that's a lot of the problem that 2000 AD at least currently has is that when you don't take a break, Mm. um, your, your shit kind of gets
0: worse. It's an interesting point, especially for sort of this current era of 2000 AD where things are really running for really long times. Like, we're yeah, just have yeah. a lot of consistency and stuff like that. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, let's see how it goes with, with Mean Arena when that comes back next month. You know what I mean? Oh, um, um... <laughs> no, no i not particularly excited Mean Arena. Um, you, you know, I mean, yeah, man, this is just really very much sort of A culmination of all the Strontium Dog stuff that we've seen so far, you know? And.
2: This is still a flashback. Yeah. This is still him telling Krunk.
0: And, and, and. Yeah, t- and, telling and, Wolf and the Gronk sort of what's, or yeah. what's going on as, as they fly out. Or maybe just Wolf, I forget. But yeah, no, I mean, you know, they really kind of made this to be sort of. I think they've done a really great job of doing what this story supposed to be, which is sort of be this backbone of 2000 AD for this sort of period of, for this, you know, for these couple of months of the comic, you know? It's the. It, it opens it up. It's just incredibly strong and just a ton of fun.
2: There, and it's already building in why maybe some of these other mutants don't like him. Mm-hmm. And also, there are some really great shots of Johnny Alpha as a kid just looking fucking dope. And the way that I see it after I was done with this is like, okay, like, you could say very tritely that they're going after kids because of explosions and murder. But this is, a, this is like a hey, your dad beat you and and didn't really love you story. Like there are kids out there who are going to identify with this during this time and be like, you know, like, I wish I could lash out or or like get justice for people who were treated poorly. It's very interesting.
0: Yeah. It's It's interesting to think about it. Yeah. in, In the context of 2000 AD at this point, which is very much a kid's comic, you know, very much sort of read by like eight to 12 year olds, you know, and sort of having this sort of younger character. This, to me, feels like a big counterpoint to Wolfie Smith, right? Where they're both sort of teenaged characters, but young Johnny Alpha is sort of honorable and super-duper awesome, as opposed to Wolfie that was sort of like, you know, uh opportunist a and a dick. yeah. <laughs> <You> that <know? laughs> douchebag, like
2: a weird, like, I'm going to look at girls naked with my x-ray eyes. Yeah,
0: tellingly not what Johnny Alpha does with his x-ray eyes. He uses exactly. it to fight for equality, you know? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, and and like all the while, like you can feel uh, like the kind of I don't know. They, there's a lot of this in in this run that we just read, where it's mm-hmm. like very anti nuclear, anti nuclear bomb, anti sure. like aggression, pro uh, equality. That that like obviously the people at this at this company think about, mm-hmm. um, but is definitely more than likely on the forefront of a lot of kids reading these comics. So. Sure. It was just really interesting. Yeah.
0: Can't like, say, yeah. Impact. Can't say enough about this uh, Portrait of a Mutant story, man. It's so good. Um, it's
2: fucking amazing. Yeah. Hint, hint. I like it a lot.
0: <laughs>
1: Episode 65. Progs 215 to 218. June
0: 1981. Thrill 1. Strontium Dog. Script robot Alan Grant. Art robot Carlos Oskara. leg robot Tony Jacob. Oh, man.
2: Just like Parliament, everyone's pointing fingers and screaming at each other, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but Johnny Alpha ain't gonna take no sass as he elbows a dude and kicks another one in the
0: face. That's right. The uh, Johnny Alpha, or young Johnny Alpha, stands accused of being the son of evil mutations minister Nelson Bunker Creelman, and that's why Creelman was able to escape.
2: Which is total bunk, and I guess, like, just immediately is like, nah dudes, check it out, like, I'm not that thing, punch kick. And then look, I'll throw this time grenade, which yeah. I guess does a thing.
0: Yeah, I mean Johnny is in fact Creelman's son, but that's not why he escaped. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Uh, it
2: was I, I I do like this double thing that he's doing. He's yeah. like not a dumb seventeen-year-old. Yeah, because his yeah.
0: argument isn't he doesn't re- he doesn't like uh, reject the charges. He more sort of you know instead asserts his mutant heritage, basically. <laughs>
2: you man. Yeah,
0: he beats up the duck-faced guy that uh, accused him and those weird brothers who will later meet in the past in that journey to hell's uh story.
2: Yeah, I guess they were just kind of cool with him after that. Well, not really. No, no they, they were nice. not
0: cool in hell. So yeah, this is where that that relationship turns. Um but so Creelman's de- uh deploying the that time weaponry, like he the time bomb, the time guns and stuff. All over the countryside, they're like mounted on the tanketto, like mini tanks that yeah. the Creelers use, and there's are just blasting all uh, all armed and unarmed resistance around uh, around around England, including poor Ghetto Joe Nonies from Trenchtown, <laughs> where Johnny Alpha's from.
2: Oh, God. His, I loved that guy.
0: Zap him straight to space as he stands there with no knees and his sign saying, uh, Creelers out. You know, he's like, uh, <laughs> Hank Hill's dad on King of the Hill. But, uh, it's
2: so. <laughs> not great. I, they're just murdering people wholesale. Yeah. It, like, if you didn't think that Creelman was a bad guy, by the way, he's like, uh, Time Hitler.
0: Yeah, so Creelman's retaken the countryside, though the Mutant Army still holds up min- Minster. The mutant Army threatens to, like, kill the king and Parliament, but Creelman doesn't seem too bothered by that, to be honest. He instead makes his demands, which is surrender now, or what, 100 mutant prisoners will die every hour. And I just want to say one of the fun things about... Portrait of a Mutant is all these dumb, um like, sort of next prog, like, puns things. The oh, ne- yeah. Next week is uh, No Snecks, Please, We're Brutish, which is, of course, a, a reference to famous failed musical No Sex, Please, We're British. Oh. Yeah. And snack of course, being one of the Strontium Dog, face fake future swears, which I'm, I always enjoy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> So, the mutant army is between a rock and a hard place. You know, they aren't really gonna kill, like, the government in cold blood. There's, you know, they're soldiers, not, uh, killers. And it probably won't help even if they did because, like, Creelman's a power mad despot. You know, he's, he'd be down if you killed Parliament and the king. He'd just assert authority. So. I'm
2: just surprised that. The Prime Minister and the King are completely powerless, but they are sort of like the we-just-kind-of-let-this-happen types.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, they're being held held prisoner under armed guards right now, so they seem pretty, like, you know, whatever, helpless in the face of, of what's going on both inside Upminster and outside of it. The Mutant Army mm. surrenders to the King and government, not Creomen, in the hope of getting leniency? They get none! Um, Yeah, it's pretty much immediately like okay, time for a trial. Yeah, it's like they basically say like we're we're going to surrender to the king. Uh, Hopefully, you guys will be cool. The king's like, yeah, of course we'll be cool. cut straight to kangaroo courts led by Creolemen, sort of sending all the mutant, all the mutant, the low level mutant army prisoners to labor camps, and the mutant generals being tried and sentenced to death. Every single one of them, even his own son
2: fucking he's a dick and even just like before that you you get cut like everyone's like oh man they're they're giving up i guess we're gonna have this trial yeah and fucking creelman just goes home to his bedridden wife who is like desperately sad like the loss of her child has not been able to recover and he's like hey so uh you know i saw our kid and she's like oh my god and he's like yeah i totally sunk some to death it's pretty yeah. great and she's, she's
0: like oh my god yeah she's, <laughs> like, She's, like, been dying this whole time, like, confined to bed and stuff, and she, like, basically, like, weeps into her pillow as Creelman sort of walks off whistling, like, happy, basically. Um, He's just, like, a
2: huge dick. Yeah,
0: he's a terrible person. Johnny waits in his jail cell for execution as his mother plans. She gives a gun to her daughter, Johnny's sister's Ruth, and tells her to save him.
2: She's pretty cool. Yeah, she handles it like a pro, man. Totally. Yeah.
0: So ple- pleas of leniency on the mutant generals are rejected out of hand. As Ruth Creelman goes to see her brother Johnny Alpha, the two With a cool hat. Yeah, the two pretend to not know each other <laughs> and get in, like a big argument and like she slaps him and stuff. But as she does, this is just an act, and she sneaks the gun into Johnny's hand. Like a genius. Yeah, it's a good move, dude. Yeah, because it's like she yeah. sort of pretends. It's like a. Uh, It's like in that, in a gladiator, right? When, um. Oh, yeah! When, uh, Joaquin Phoenix's. When, when the late playing, uh, the emperor's, uh, sister, like, goes to visit Russell Crowe and, like, is supposed to be, like, either yelling at him or having sex with him or something like that, but in fact, she's, like, talking about rebellion and stuff.
2: You heard it first. Uh, gladiator completely stolen
0: idea from. I mean again we've talked about this if if we mark all the things that happened in 2081 over the last 40 years like you know a lot of them th- that are that are also stolen as just sort of basic story conceits that 2080 itself <laughs> stole you know <laughs> Look, I just like to think that the entire world has read this comic because I'm reading it. Look, it's just one of those things where it's like you know, like yes, like uh, Warcraft and Starcraft are very heavily influenced by like Warhammer and Warhammer 40k, but Warhammer and Warhammer 40k stole everything from other people too. So, like you know, oh, you're only going part way down the web, you know. <laughs> um. Anyhow, well, though. Um. Yeah. So johnny's got this gun but he doesn't want to use it um he knows that the general's jailbreaking would endanger the lives of all other mutants in england who are currently being held in camps and stuff um but then at the same time on the floor of parliament creelman makes his move he proposes that all mutants in new britain every single one be exterminated that's the only solution um, the, uh, and they
2: bold and italicize solution the final <laughs>
0: solution fox <laughs> uh, fuck.
2: The, it's like he's that
0: so the uh, the prime minister makes an impassioned speech against the motion but it's carried by 3 votes the generals are informed of this and Johnny decides that man now they might as well escape what what they're going to kill us more like whatever <laughs> he he pretends to be sick and then he pulls the gun on his jailers which
2: like who falls for that?
0: It's such a uh, it's such a trope of like I'm gonna pretend to be sick in my jail, and then when my jailers come to to check on me, I'll like uh, make my escape. You know,
2: just like shoot him, just like I
0: sick, Phew. Yeah, like ah, you should have stayed sick, mutie. <laughs>
2: oh, bad <I> news.
0: <laughs> oh
2: man, and then everything gets awesome as like yeah torso just. Wumps everyone to death and uh, (laughs) i gotta love the torso
0: yeah buddy i told you it's my favorite um it's so great because because johnny pulling his gun on the jailers leads to a super action-packed final prog this month as johnny ties up his jailers then frees the other generals and it's jailbreak time everybody pretty much gets some kind of hero shot like some kind of like thing they're doing that's heroic and cool um, mm-hmm. taking out guards, evading automatic defenses, stealing a shuttlecraft, stuff like that. Because why the fuck not? We gotta great escape our way out of this. Yeah, man, the but torso I shoots the hell out, the out of people. I guess the great escape, it's just blow it up.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so, the mutants escape for now, but Creelman dispatches several shuttles on a, of his own to take them down. Next time, Shelter Skelter. That- <laughs> stupid. It's stupid. good, man, yeah. Their puns uh, are on point. Strontium dogs, so good, buddy.
2: Dude, uh, so what's great uh, about Strontium dogs is that it just keeps moving. Like- yeah. There's no one subject it stays on for too long. Uh, mm. It gets resolved fairly
0: quick. Yeah. All the actions fast and furious. It's like, you know, it's really sort of getting get in the nitty-gritty of fights, but then also having these big, like, political moves and stuff It's an awesome melding of this sort of high-level government stuff and on-the-ground fighting stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. We've got, like, two more months of it. Oh, it's so good. I'm so oh,
2: that's awesome. happy
0: about, like, just everything that's going on in Strontium Dog here.
2: It's, uh you know the bad guys bad I, yeah. I like it and it's not it's not um uh, king seth bad although i, I would i guess I seth I no he's is way actually
0: Krillman's super worse man he's ultra evil yeah. there's not even like a trying to help like he doesn't even really seem that interested in like uh the interests of his comrades or anything like that <laughs> he's like poorest people he's yeah. just like just go kill yeah he just hates you know he's just horrible like, genocidal racist guy. You know, screw this dude.
2: I'm just ready to, like, watch someone just blow his head up. But, but uh, it's spoilers, from the beginning, he doesn't die in this
0: fucking story. No. We know. Oh, we
2: still gotta go and
0: get him. Yeah. We know that, um, he's gonna survive to Johnny's adulthood. I should actually correct myself. Fuck, sorry. One more month of, uh, mm. of you It, it oh, ends next month. boo. But, man, it's gonna go out pretty good. I think we're. I, you're going to be super excited. I think we're all going all right. to enjoy ourselves.
1: Episode 66, Progs 219 to 222, July 1981.
0: Thrill 1, Strontium Dog. Script robot for Strontium Dog is Alan Grant, Art Robot Carlos Ascara, Letting Robot Steve Potter. Oh, man.
2: Oh damn it's a high speed chase. Let's watch some shit explode yeah. <laughs>
0: like, the mutant generals yeah. are in a stolen shuttle craft. they're on the run from the evil Creelers they get there's a bunch of uh, midair dog fighting but eventually they get shot down and make their escape into some nearby blast shelters. but general
2: kind fatality of Cl- yeah
0: Clacton Fuzz is shot and goes down flaming shooting Creelers as he goes.
2: Dude, it's aw- he blows up a ship with a thwump gun from the ground. It's awesome.
0: T- it's totally cool. Meanwhile, Studs voice is also dying. He's got a huge ship splinter in his gut. Middenface, <laughs> yeah, Middenface wishes him well in a suitably incomprehensible manner. <laughs> and yeah, I, yeah, and I love how he responds. He's like, thanks, thanks, Middenface. As I die, I am confused by your accent. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Nelson Bunker Creelman learns the truth of his daughter Ruth's involvement in Johnny Alpha, his own son's escape, and punishes and her has harshly. Has
2: constipation face because of it? Yeah, he
0: just slaps her right in the face with his constipation face, <laughs>
2: dude. Oh yeah, no, he goes back home and beats his daughter. Yeah, a horrible dick.
0: Studs Boyce, another mutant general, is executed on the street by Creelers, who then lead a bloody reprisal on nearby mutants and the generals make their way to Stonehenge to meet up with the remainder of the army with it's pretty pretty good meeting spot yeah, IMO. very iconic with all the mutants set to be executed the only choice choices are to fight against the creelers or lay down and die and johnny alpha prefers to fight everyone else agrees we'll give thy scuttering creelers loudly a name a stake <laughs> says uh middle face McNulty. exactly in other words, no
2: surrender as Johnny Alpha raises his gun to a giant scene of carnage. It's
0: so awesome. Yeah, the generals signed the Mutants Charter, which is basically a declaration oh, of independence yeah. for mutants. I they,
2: loved reading that. That was amazing. Yeah. It's
0: like all you know, humans and mutants are created equal, all that stuff. Uh, They then start leading just commando raids on the trains, leading to mutant death camps and just awesome action scenes. We see the mutant rebellion dragging on and public opinion getting lower and lower. Eventually, the Prime Minister and the King demand Creelman's resignation. And to get him to do so, they threaten to both expose Ruth's involvement in the escaping mutant generals and to expose Creelman's kinship with mutant leader Johnny Alpha. That would
2: ruin him. Exactly. I can't be an evil Nazi if you
0: do that. (laughs) Let's go home, Ruth. I'm not going home. I'm emigrating with Nigel. Who's Nigel? (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Creelman resigns, and the PM goes to negotiate with the mutant generals. uh, The offer is basically an end to mutant extermination camps, disbanding the Creelers and the establishment of mutant areas in all towns for mutants to live normal lives.
2: Oh man, my favorite part of this is like so. There's this section where it's like, as promised, the sinister Creelers, uh, Creelers, Nelsons, Creelman, quasi-official anti-mutant yeah. squad are disbanded, and then it shows the, this lineup of guys, and then yeah. just below that, it's like it's a like, new police new force is established. Created. Same dudes, <laughs> exact same dudes.
0: Yeah, you know that's sort of the. Rea- I mean, I. Um, yeah, they sort of the the generals agree to all this stuff, and the only thing is that I guess most of the mutant army guys have to basically leave, have to go off world. Essentially, they have to emigrate off mm-hmm. the planet Earth. But yeah, I think this is a good realistic kind of end to this thing. You know, like, yeah. like we've seen this before that just because they've won doesn't mean that everything's you know cool and happy for mutants. You know, the the fight for their civil rights continues on, and they remain a very much an, an oppressed minority. You know, big time, um. and
2: uh, like. A bunch of the dudes they settle in different ways or go adrift but most of them uh the at least the hardiest uh, yeah. end up going to the galactic crime commission where the search and destroy agents are created yeah
0: they become bounty hunters known as strontium dogs <laughs>
2: and god even the racism is out here i mean we've already seen it but yeah. it's just like oh it's like you'll probably get killed in the line of duty, but that can't be that bad. I'm like, yeah. It's, hey, shit, it's, inexcep- man, like- it's,
0: it's inescapable. It's, it's pretty, it's like, it's an awesome, just like way, like, like choice to present these characters and stuff. It's not like they become strontium dogs and then they become the galaxy's heroes. They become the strontium dogs and they remain like hated and feared and stuff. It's cool. In like I, a, well, like sort a couple, of, or, or a real, different. it's realistic. And that's interesting. Yeah. I guess. That's yeah, what I mean yeah, to yeah. say. Of course. So, we finish the flashback portion of our story at the grave of Diana Creelman, Johnny and Ruth's mother, and Nelson's wife. She just wasted away after the news of Johnny's sentence. Such the crap. father and son swap threats. Johnny calls his father mad and wishes he had killed him when he had the chance. Well, now we're in the present, and that chance is here.
2: So what does he do? A load a Lo- fucking, like... Number four cartridge. Yeah.
0: Johnny and Wolf assault Creelman's base. They use, like, beam polarizers to nullify the attacks of the goons inside the fortress. And Johnny just starts blasting holes in their fortifications with, with number four cartridges. The- and they
2: just say, they're just like, oh, bail." Yeah, you could have it, and, <laughs> and in the background, Wolf and Gronk are just like, "Well, let's crack a cold one because Johnny's doing this by himself." Hey, this is
0: uh, when you go to kill your father. That's a solo mission, buddy.
2: <laughs> just like how they're like, "Let's get drunk."
0: Yeah, but so with the mercenaries all deserted, Johnny runs in to sh- do a showdown with his father one on one. But now that sort of the tide has turned, Creelman isn't so tough. He begs for his life. He tries to appeal to Johnny's sentimentality, like, I'm your father, don't kill your own dad. And as Johnny lists Creelman's crimes, the 35,000 died in the mutant death camps, the thousands more killed of starvation and disease in the mutant ghettos, Nelson Creelman can just only uh, uh, stand on his knees and, and whimper, Please don't let me die. Johnny decides that death is too easy for Creelman. And instead, hits him with a time trap. Creelman will relive these last few seconds—the horror and terror of his final moments before his own son guns him down forever. Just he's it's on uh, on a loop, basically. Horrific. It's pretty. It's pretty. It's pretty ridiculous. Johnny walks out, says they won't be collecting the bounty, and the team rides off. Only Creelman's final words: "Please don't let me die." Remain on the wind. I, it's the end of portrait holy of a shit. mutant oh man
2: holy shit like I, i'm surprised he didn't like mind screw him with alpha brain eyes mm-hmm. but also this is like like damn i like you're you're waiting for this moment for him to just like ice's dad and the way he does it is like cold baby but yeah like i get it man
0: it's pretty awesome <laughs> i gotta say but yeah, so that's it for Portrait of a Mutant man. We've been doing this thing since like Prague 200, basically. Um, although th- there's been some gaps in there along the way, of course. This mm-hmm. is a great story. It's so awesome. Um, and Johnny Alpha will return in Prague 224, so not so, too long from now.
2: So I had to, I was thinking about this as I was reading it through. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, it's hard to rank Strontium Dog comics, right? Like against each other because mm-hmm. they're all very like well crafted but like obviously when we came in it was uh strontium dogs in hell right
0: right i mean eventually I, yeah.
2: yeah 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 i i don't know how this kind of stacks up against that because to me they're two very different beasts like i I feel like was just such a funny weird yeah wacky thing and this is such a like serious backstory not just for johnny but for the strontium dogs themselves
0: yeah i think of the you know all three of the big strontium dog stories we've seen so far have all kind of been their their own thing right yeah, there was the journey to hell, which I agree sort of had some serious and sort of some interesting action moments, but also had a lot of humor and a lot of sort of other stuff going on. There's certainly humor in for in, in in portrait of a mutant, you know, the different mutant generals, um, you know, stuff like the torso or Midden face and all those guys. But yeah, it it is way serious, you know. And then the it, you know. Also, sort of a little bit more on the humorous side was that, uh, was the Schickel Gruber grab where they went mm. back and got Hitler and stuff, which it wasn't as long as Journey to Hell or, um, or Portrait of a Mutant, but I think it's still sort of, I feel like the third of the big Strong Team Dog stories we've seen. Oh, yeah. It's you know? so like one is sort of go is is uh, Johnny and Wolf sort of in a strange place, sort of dealing with strange situations. That's sort of hell. Um, yeah. then the the. that. that, that or journey to hell, I guess. Then portrait of a mutant is sort of its own thing, just being the backstory of this character and stuff. It's sort of a unique thing. And then the Schickel Gruber grab is more sort of standard strontium dog, like sort mm-hmm. of these guys bounty hunting, fighting, um, f- fighting aliens and other strontium dogs or law breakers and having uh, crazy hijinks and stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah. And then gambling for a long time.
0: Right. Well, but I mean, you know, but this is just sort of a, you know, this one was more serious, I think, but also really just sort of did so much to establish the world of Strontium Mm. Dog, the character of Johnny Alpha and all that stuff. It's just, it's super essential, you know?
2: Yeah, it's just, I guess every time I read these, I'm never fucking dissatisfied Absolutely, um, And and it's the range that I'm impressed with, you know, like, I think Judge Dredd, as an example, because that's a, to me, a good counterpoint to, um, mm-hmm. like, in how they're different, right? Hmm. Um, they do similar world building. Yeah. But I think that uh, Judge Dredd is funny, but his range generally is, like, very... Um, not negative, because that's not no, the right word. No,
0: I I yeah. know what you mean. Yeah, but I think I think one of the great thi- one of the things I love about two thousand AD is their ability to have especially these reoccurring characters, often mm-hmm. written by the same people, but still have, you know, similar themes but very different themes and way of going about it, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, Man, I,
0: I hope it comes back soon. I love it Yeah, two twenty-four, so it'll be back next episode. Fuck yeah, bud. <laughs> All right, Portrait of a Mutant. (laughs) Uh, After Portrait, Johnny and Wolf would have two more quick adventures in 1981 and then not return until 1983 with a series of amazing stories including The Killing and Outlaw, which in fact is basically a sequel to Portrait of a Mutant. So, top portrait of a mutant moments for me. One is all the mutants. While the standout of the mutant army has surely been face McNul- McNulty, who go on to have his own career in the progs. There's just a ton of amazing characters on display here. Uh, n- naturally my favorite, of course, is the torso from Newcastle, which I always go on about. There's all these other guys from Evans the Fist to the Clacton Fuzz that are all unique and interesting. It's really great how all these mutants look so different, how the mutations range from the extremely useful, like Johnny Alpha, or even someone like General Arms, with just multiple arms, to uh, completely detrimental, like Egghead, just, you know, having a big egg for a head, I guess. <laughs> I think, I th- um, in my private life, I think about the differences between U.S. and British mutants a lot, which is, you know, sounds right for me, I suppose. In the U.S., mutants... In the U.S., being a mutant generally means a member of the X-Men from Marvel Comics, being a, a one of the beautiful people with mutations that make them good at fighting. For instance, there's a character in The New Mutants called Cypher who has a long-standing storyline of being useless because all he could do was speak every language that humanity had ever created. It's ridiculous. Meanwhile, in England, mutants tend to just be weird-looking jerks who don't really have like special powers or abilities they just sort of, you know, look gross or something like that. I think it's an important difference because it allows for more real stories where mutants can take the place of, an op- of oppressed groups because these stories lose some, lose some luster. Like, oh, like you're oppressing me because someone can spontaneously start shooting fire out of their eyes. Like that feels like something that's reasonably to be worth regulating, I suppose. But anyhow, I guess that idea takes me to my second, the second thing I love about Portrait of a Mutant. Which is that the anti-mutant crackdown and the events after the mutant, the mutant's army rebellion and portrait of a mutant feels weirdly realistic. The end of portrait of a mutant isn't a cut and dried happy story. Initially, the leaders of the mutant army are betrayed by the government and sent to hang. The screeler foot troops are fired and then just rehired as mutant control goons. The story ends with the mutants still confined to ghettos, their main source of income, harnessing the veterans of the rebellion to do work as galactic b- bounty hunters far from Earth. It's a bummer end, and frankly, it's a realistic one, or as realistic as you could be in a story about futuristic mutants. <laughs> intergalactic space travel and speaking of realism i love strontium dog's time travel weaponry i love that this portion of mutant is an origin story for it as well time travel is such a central part of strontium dog and it's used in such a unique way so much of time travel is going back to kill an ancestor or something which of course we'll eventually also see with strontium dog that just but here, just the idea that using time travel to warp someone away from where you want them to be is just a couple, maybe a couple seconds or minutes in time and just into deep space because you move through time and not space is an amazing concept. Thinking about it too much makes me, like, second-guess all other forms of time travel in fiction, really. Just like, well, how come they're moving in in space? What the heck? But anyhow, um, the so the... I also love that the final end of the story combines the real sadness of the story and time travel weapons in a shocking way, as Johnny leaves his father stuck in an infinite loop, begging for his life over and over again, it's a terrifying and chilling fate Yet, in the end, it's still a form of mercy. Throughout Portrait of a Mutant, we see the evolution of the character of Johnny Alpha from birth to the bounty hunter we met in Star-Lords or the Galaxy Killers in 2000 AD and up until this story. From this point, though, we'll continue to see Johnny's character change and his concept of mercy and fair play change with it. Now we have a character that will spare his enemies or let the legal system deal with him. But, as we'll start to see... In forthcoming Johnny Alpha stories, this will not always be the case. Oh, it's just Portrait of Mutants, though, was so great. It's one of my favorite 2080 stories, for sure. 1981 was a year between dread epics, with the Judge Child ending in 1981, the Apocalypse War starting right at the beginning of 1982. In his book, The Mighty One, 2080 editor Steve McManus describes Portrait of a Mutant as the spine of 1981, a long-term story that provides a baseline for all the other comics that year. I think it's an interesting idea, this concept of spine stories in 2000 AD. It's something that I I haven't dealt with much with... uh, just because i haven't read a ton of anthology comics but the this concept of just having something that continues on being able to sort of use it as a central programming block and other things built around is very inter- is 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 really cool 1981 is very much a, t- a time of transition in 2000 AD, as long-term thrills like Meltdown Man or Mean Arena are giving way to Golden Age stories like Rogue Trooper and Ace Trucking. Strontium Team Dog stands out among all these stories. Of course, it's a long-term thrill if ever there was one. And in my opinion, part of the reason it stays evergreen is the exploration of the life and times of Johnny Alpha and the world he lives in, and the first version of that is right here in Portrait of a Mutant. So, what do you think of Portrait of a Mutant? As I've said, it's one of the, uh, it's incredible. Th- I think it's incredibly important in defining story, but I can certainly see criticisms of doing little kid versions of characters or that backstories and prequels can be a bit self-indulgent, I suppose. I, I'm really interested to hear what you, th- what, what you think. If you, if you like it or don't, please let me know or e- please email me at spacebinner2000 at gmail.com on the 2080 forums. Or on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages. On Twitter, we're at Space Spinner 2 k For everything else, just look up Space Spinner 2000 and we should be there. I'll try to get some art from the comic up on those sites so you can enjoy Carlos Saskara's artwork. You can find Space Spinner 2000 on, on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or the Google Play Store, or on our podcast site at SpaceSpinner2000.com. And... For all of us, thanks for listening to the Space Spinner 2000 collection. We'll be back soon with awesome 2080 action. Until then, I'm Conrad, and this has been the Space Spinner 2000 collection for Strontium Dog, Portrait of a Mutant. Splendig Vithrig!